welcome. Revolution around the corner. All around Massachusetts, there are sites that were part of the revolution. Buildings that would have witnessed the scenes and that the people participating would have seen. And we're at one of them now in Watertown, the Edmund Fowle House, which was the headquarters of the Provincial, Con the Provincial Council from 1775 to 1776. The British were occupying Boston, had suspended the colonial government, the provincial government, and the provincial government met anyway. The assembly met here in Watertown at the meeting house across the street. They chose a 28-member council, and they looked for a place to meet, and here it was. Edmund Fowle Jr. had just built this house. The second floor wasn't yet finished, and it would be a perfect spot for the provincial council to meet and now the Edmund Fowle House is being preserved by the Watertown Historical Society, which is overseeing its restoration, opening it to visitors, turning it into a museum, which tells this story as well as other stories about Watertown. And we're happy to have with us Marilyn Roach and Joyce Kelly from the, Mar uh, from the Watertown Historical Society, who are gonna show us a bit more of the house and tell us a bit more about its history. Welcome. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank so you, well Joyce. Well, let's not make let's not keep it a secret for much longer. And it was restored in uh, 2004 to 2008, so the inside now looks like it did in 1775. Interesting, fascinating. Well, thank you, and now I look forward to seeing the inside. Coming words warm. Ah, welcome to the Edmund Fowle House in Watertown. Thank you. Formerly the seat of the rebel government at the beginning of the revolution, the civil government, because even though the uh, militia is forming itself into the provincial. Army, mm -hmm. you need civil government to keep life going on. Right. And so a lot of it happened here. Right. So the provincial congress comes to Watertown yes. and they meet over in the meeting house. Right. And then they choose the members of the council, and they're these twenty-eight guys are looking for a place to meet. Yes, where they can hear themselves think because right. there's a lot going on over there. Yeah. And this was one of the closest houses. Right. It had a very small family mm -hmm. in yes. it, a married couple. The wife had died in childbirth, mm -hmm. so. Uh, it was a new house, yes. very close to the mm -hmm. uh, to the meeting house. It was built in 1772. It was a very small family. Mm -hmm. They could move in with relatives. And the upstairs was not finished yet. But one corner of it, maybe, mm -hmm. but the rest was apparently just down to the studs. So they could make as big a meeting room as they could manage with right. the space for what they needed. Okay, so we're going to take a look at that in a bit, but oh, yes. Ed, can you tell me a little bit about Edmund Fowle, the guy who had built the house? Uh, yeah, uh, as I said, 72. Yeah. That was the year his father had died. Mm -hmm. He's inherited the family farmer, mm -hmm. most of it, and builds this house, which we know because that's the year the trees were cut down, oh, wow. according to dendrochronology, mm -hmm. from his woodlot further mm -hmm. up the hill and he gets married. Right. So this is a new life he's starting. He's called a cord winger, so he's a leather worker, right. like his father. Mm -hmm. And they also farmed because there was fields and woodlots and must have been an orchard because he had a cider press, mm -hmm. hot cider possibly. Yeah. And uh, he was working as a cord winner mm -hmm. in, at that point anyway. Yeah. Would he have been working in the house, do you think? Uh, or a shop on the premises. Okay. So why don't we take a look around the house, or well, you can show, tell us a little bit about the kitchen. Oh yeah, well, the house in, in its time got moved slightly mm -hmm. and divided into a two-family building. Mm -hmm. So there were 
other entrances and other stairs put mm -hmm. in and rooms mm -hmm. divided up and when it was moved of course you don't need to hold huge fireplace right. because uh, the technology has advanced yeah. to smoke yeah. stoves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this was rediscovered by the uh, preservation architects okay. during the renovation, right. and they figured out exactly how big it was, how big and tall. It, uh, the subflooring indicated how much okay. of a path they should have been. So this turned into a nice-looking colonial kitchen. It did, but it had been a, this had been a two-family house. For yes, it too. was. Uh, originally, the stairs and the other went up to what is the council chamber. Uh, came out through this room, but the addition of a side entrance blocked that mm -hmm. part of it. But yeah, yeah, it's gone through changes, it but has, then figured out what it yeah. looked like. So you're doing that. And you grew up in Watertown and you went to school across the street I but did. didn't know the insignificance of this house. Uh, well, you know, they never mentioned it in yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah. They, they'd mention the revolution every so often yeah. in Paul Revere, but uh, not Watertown. Yeah. And here you had a rate. It was right across the street, but it hadn't been restored yet. It was still rental property okay. at that time. Good. So let's take a look in some of the rest of the house, because you have a lot of exhibits here, but we're really going to be focusing on the revolution. Sure. We're putting together an exhibit on for the 250th. Very good. But the house is 250 years old already. Wow. That's okay. So this room would have been a parlor, okay. I guess. But uh, of course, when the council was here, there were a lot of people staying in the place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they seemed to have bedded down everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It was crowded. Sorry. So here is one of the, there are two of them actually on the walls here who stayed here. One is James Warren. Oh yes. Who was the head of the provincial um, provincial government for a while mm -hmm. from Plymouth, and so he. He, he stayed in the house. Yeah. Uh, Joyce, you know that. And Joyce has some fun things to say about James Warren. So um, James Warren became the president of the Provincial Congress after Joseph Warren was killed at the Battle of Bunker Hill. And he stayed in this house for um, on and off for a year and a half. Really? Um, and often his, which we were really surprised to hear, that Mercy Otis Warren, his wife, came up here and visited with him and brought the children. Um, we were very surprised to hear that. Um, lots of people stayed in this house. Um, James Warren writes to, to um, John Adams down in Philadelphia. John Adams says, you, you are my eyes and ears. What is going on up there? And James writes back to him in October of 1775 and says, um, he apologizes for not writing and says, this crowd of company must be my excuse. Everyone either eats, drinks, or sleeps in this house, and some do all three. Wow. So a crowd of people eating, drinking, sleeping in here, mm -hmm. and also running the provincial council upstairs. Yes. Yeah. yes. And Mercy's picture is over here, portrait is over here. And, and she writes sometimes um, from James's side when he's writing letters um, yeah. that uh, a headline out of Watertown. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In the case you have one of the shoes that maybe Edmund Fowle made this shoe that was found under the floorboards. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. And those are original boards from the house as okay. well. Good, good. Either he or his father probably. Yeah, it's interesting. So do you want to take a look upstairs sure. at the council chamber? Yeah.
Well, welcome to the council chamber. Well, thank you. So this was an unfinished room. In 75, yes. But the council then... They ordered did it be fitted up to for the requirements and later when the house was divided, it was known that it went back all the way through. Mm -hmm. But it was more than just two rooms, it was actually L-shaped. Okay. Which is, was a surprise to everyone yeah. when the preservation architects figured it out. And they did, it, the, the fact that this is one continuous whitewashed ceiling mm. um, is what helped them figure out that it was, it was original and that's how, how far around it went. So and this is the original ceiling and floor. And floor, yes. John and Sam Adams walked on these floorboards. Yep, we have the roll call for the meetings. So there are 28 members of the council. And they, they were chosen by the provincial assembly. Yes. And, so, and, and some of them are notable people, like James Otis was a councillor, Samuel Adams, John James Adams. Otis, the father. So, so the senior Otis. Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, James Bowden. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, and, and again, like we said, John and Sam Adams. Yeah, lots of names. Robert Tree Payne. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. yeah. And then Moses Gill has a special connection with the house oh, yes. because Edmund Fowl apparently became a friend. Yes, so um, Moses Gill is from the western part of the state, um, and Princeton, and um, when Edmund remarried, his first wife had died in childbirth, when Edmund remarried, he named his first child Moses Gill Fowl um, after Moses Gill, obviously. So obviously they became very good friends. I mean, there are several um, bills here where um, that Edmund gets paid for doing certain things, going and picking up chairs or uh, delivering something to George Washington out at headquarters in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. And his second child, his next child, was named Rebecca Boylston Fowl, which is Moses Gill's wife. Okay. So, yeah, there's a connection, yeah. And then he has another child named Marshall Spring. Yes, named for the local Tory doctor, yeah. who was well-liked in town. He didn't make any, any secret of his feelings and he wasn't mm -hmm. trying to undermine anything but every time the committee of safety thought he should be arrested for the public good his grateful patients would rally around because he didn't charge if he couldn't pay mm -hmm. and uh, he stayed free and he treated everybody he lived in the western part of town mm -hmm. in what's now uh, what is was then to the Waltham line and mm -hmm. his house was a hospital during the siege mm -hmm. okay. So the Provincial Congress met here, and what they, you know, um, our friend Edmund Fowler has to come up with chairs, or they ask him to get chairs. Yes, he has to fetch them from Waltham. Mm -hmm. uh, there were going to be other chairs, but they got burnt in the uh, Battle of Bunker Hill fire. In fact, they have a receipt here for it's them, the, the chairs. Yeah, there's actually Deacon Larkin, uh, 18 chairs, and then a great chair, another great chair, and they were moved from Charlestown Ferry to Mr. Beecham's warehouse and were consumed by flames yeah. on June 17, right. 1775. And Deacon Larkin is the man who won Paul of the Force. Yes, yes. And there's all sorts of interesting tie-in. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's also an invoice here about having a chest made for the uh, provincial notes to be put in that really? Paul Revere was printing. Really? And they had to come here and they weren't valid until they were signed by, um, is it two members of the council? Yes. Um, so um, so they were kept in a locked chest up here. Yeah. So Revere did the engravings, but then we think that they were printed by Benjamin Eads, who right. had set up his printing press. Yes. In Watertown Square, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is Watertown yeah. Square now. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a lot's happening in Watertown Oh yeah, a lot is happening. 
And in fact, there's one week in July of 1776, one of these two big events. Oh, yes. The, the brand new Declaration of Independence, a copy of it, arrives in Watertown. It's worked its way north from Philadelphia. And it's first read to the public from a council chamber window. So it would be from one, this of those, window. one of those two windows. But as well as from the old state house. As well as from the old state house. So it's interesting, but this is actually where the provincial government, there was, were they still meeting here? Uh, yes. Yeah, the smallpox left. Oh, oh right. So, so not everything went on. But so they, they were here Boston, yeah. okay. in that day. And the very next day, the Micmac and Maliseet uh, delegates who had been conferring with the provincial congress mm -hmm. in the meeting house about which side they're going to fight mm -hmm. on, they, they signed the Watertown Treaty that they will fight alongside the Americans, rebels, on an equal basis. Interesting. And I believe they had some, uh, they helped a turning point in Maine when Machias was yes. attacked. Yes. So apparently that, uh, that treaty has never been broken as the mm -hmm. modern day McMacks reminded Massachusetts a couple of decades ago mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Right. And. Uh, causing them to find the treaty, their copy of the treaty and the archives, restore it, and so forth. So that was signed here? Yes, yes. in this room. And that's the first... It's treaty. considered the first it's international it. treaty because okay. it was right after the right. independence. Yes. And they were from Canada. The Can right. Canadian okay. main okay. border. That's right. why there was a question as to sure. decide to fight on. Yeah. But they'd already taken the sword away from the British officer who was sent to get the decide with the British and they refused mm -hmm. and they took the sword anyway and presented it to General General Washington. Mm -hmm. At least it was supposed to go there along with the silver gorget. So this house has belonged to the Historical Society for a hundred years, more than a hundred yeah, years? Yeah, 1922. Yeah. But it's only been fairly recently that you've been able, been in the process of restoring it. Yeah, it yes. We, we had a, a substantial um, rider on a bill back in 2004. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had another $200,000 from uh, Mass Tourism mm -hmm. Council. And um, so the house got restored. It took, yeah, four years, you know, mm -hmm doing research, right. um, dismantling parts of it. Uh, North Bennett Street School yes. uh, helped out a lot. They did a lot of the dismantling and then... They adopted this room yeah. as a class project yeah. under the supervision of their teachers. Mm -hmm. yeah. At one point, they took this mantelpiece off, mm -hmm. leaning on the other side, and they recreated it with the proportions to fit the second fireplace, wow. which was discovered. Yeah. Even though it had been completely banished mm -hmm. when a second set of stairs led up to the other apartment, mm -hmm. because the house was too mm -hmm. family at that point. They, wow. What they discovered that existed with these tiny clues was just yes. amazing. Yes. It is amazing what people can find out. Yes. People who know what they're looking for. I know. And even the fact that there's a verdigree doys yeah. on a fancy woodwork. They, yeah. they could be arrested as traitors at any time. Right. But no, we want crown molding. I mean, we, we'd like some verdigree glaze yeah. there. How about the, the wainscoting? Yeah. You were saying earlier the members of the council were rich so lawyers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted a little comfort. And then you actually can see parallels with the old state house council chamber too. Yes, which is a very grand place. But yes. This is comparable to it. It is, yeah. As is the, uh, let's see, the Senate room yeah, in yeah. the current oh, state house. It is, it is, yeah. So. I think uh, they're not going to be meeting in an unfinished attic. No, right. No, they're not sitting on a pumpkin out in the vine. No. Nobody knows. <laughs> so, interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Is there more to see on this other than other fireplaces? Yeah, there are. That's the second fireplace. And one of the clues was, so this had been, in behind here had been turned into a hallway when the house was moved because they couldn't take the central chimney. And so when the conservators were trying to figure things out, they found a little bit of an original plaster ceiling mm -hmm. uh, in there, and they wondered why is the whole room, you know, this whole yeah. room, but there's this little bit here. And that, then they pulled up floorboards here, discovered the hearth layout, mm -hmm. and, and assumed that this was a closet, and that's why it was an original ceiling in there. Interesting. And yeah. that, that is a reconstruction by the North Penn okay. State School. Yes. Look, it's it's it does. Yes. Yes. And so the room then was L-shaped, and what was over on this side? Was that a so there is a bedroom over there, mm -hmm. and um, the the conservators assumed that that was was the the only part that was done up here. Mm -hmm. We had um, a Richard Nylander come in, who's mm -hmm. the wallpaper expert, mm -hmm. and he dated one layer of that wallpaper to the 1770s. And then behind that door mm -hmm. is a small room mm -hmm. that what that was also made back then in 1775, and that's where the clerk uh, okay. kept it, did his notes, and did his work. Okay, interesting. And where we're standing now, they had put into more modern bathrooms with a club for the mm -hmm. tubs okay. when it was a rental. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And this is a, um, a picture of the Coolidge Tavern, mm -hmm. which was right on the river, and. Um, and Redcoats and Americans both met there, ate there, drank there, and um, Washington also had went there twice and stayed overnight, in fact. And when he, he did sleep there. He did like sleep there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, as and he complained about the accommodations. Yes. He was a rich guy, too, so, you know. Well, he had certain standards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he was president. Yes, it's true. Yes. Well, yeah. And the food. He didn't like the food. He had dog's food, so, so it doesn't get very good Yelp reviews. So. No, no. <laughs> no. No, maybe from your you know, average person it did, but... Yes, there was, in fact, there was a, a meeting of the, uh, well, the delegates that were going down before the war started mm -hmm. to Philadelphia. And they met there with Sons of Liberty for a big send-off. Mm -hmm. And actually, that is the house that um, Charles Brigham grew up in. The oh, architect. Oh, really? Yes. He born in Watertown. Mm -hmm. Did designed the back L on the state, the county yes, state yes, house. Yes, yes. And the mother church for Christian Science. Okay. Yes. The Barge Marriage House. He was neighborhood. Yes, he's a Watertown guy. He's the, he is the one who bought this house and moved it from the corner. Okay. And um, he was a founding member of the Historical Society, and then he sold it to the Historical Society in right. 1922. So he bought it as a way of preserving it? Yes, more yes. or less, he divided it up into two. Okay. And he, he, built, it. he built um, a few more houses on the street. In fact, the house right next door, he built for his mother, and he and his mother lived there for a okay. while. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So this is a doll's cradle that was made from a cask of tea that was thrown over during the Boston Tea Party. Wow, that is amazing. 
This and was, so it was made about 17, in the 17th century? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And there are a couple of plaques on there that talk mm -hmm. about how Leonard Bond yeah. mm -hmm. uh, made it for his uh, sister Nancy. Mm. And, wow. um, yeah, and we got it in the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, an article in the newspapers mm -hmm. all about it. That's fascinating. Yeah. Apparently Nancy is an old woman who was yes. living in Chicago. Mm -hmm. right? And her grandson donated it to the Historical Society. Interesting. And and it, it has some beautiful um, decoration on it. It does, it really does. Yeah. They screwed it to the breadboard. Mm. Yes. Now you just had a ceremony marking the grave of a Tea Party participant in Watertown, and you said there mm -hmm. are three. Watertown yes, yes. Samuel Bonnet is the one that we right. recognized, and then we also had um, Phineas Stearns and um, John Randall. Mm -hmm. um, Randall, who was a civilian. But, okay. Um, we're not sure where they're buried. Okay, interesting. Well, has one on his grave, a marker on yes. his grave now. He's got a beautiful, big, beautiful gravestone. Very good. Good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So this is a portrait of Rebecca Fowle, Rebecca Fowle Bradley, who she ended up marrying. Um, but Rebecca Fowle grew up in this house. Um, her full name is Rebecca Boylston Fowle, and she is, that name is comes from the wife of Moses Gill. So Edmund married after the Revolutionary War, again for the second time, and the first child was named Moses Gill Fowl, after Moses Gill, the counselor who, from Princeton who met upstairs, and the second child was Rebecca Boylston Fowl, who is Moses Gill's wife. So obviously um, they became very good friends while Moses Gill was sitting upstairs um, in the Executive Council. The painting was done by the famous artist Henry Sargent, um, also, her husband's portrait is over there. That's also done by Henry Sargent. Um, Henry Sargent did the dinner party. He did uh, Peter Faneuil in, in Faneuil Hall. Um, he has done many famous paintings. Uh, this is a cradle for twins from the 1780s from the Sanger family. Apparently, the kids were put foot to foot. And as they grew older, they probably pushed against each other, but it would accommodate both of them at once until they learn to crawl out. So we have a ledger from the late 1780s to the late 1790s, um, a tavern ledger, Mellon Tavern. Mm -hmm. um, it was in Watertown Square on Main Street and um, it came up on eBay mm -hmm. and um, the, it, some pictures were on eBay and I saw that Edmund Fowle's name was in it mm -hmm. and so we wanted it. Mm -hmm. and. It was going for two thousand wow. dollars on eBay, and and we are a nonprofit. Nobody gets paid. Mm -hmm. We have no money. Um, so, but anyways, I spoke to a friend of ours who used to be on the on the board here, and he buys things off of eBay often. And so he went in and and waited, and um, got it for us for five hundred dollars. Oh, and so we find. Edmund in here, and his brothers, Samuel, mm -hmm. Jeremiah, John. Really? Um, we found Samuel Paris, mm -hmm. must be grandson, a grandson of Samuel Paris from, from Salem, um, only he lived in East Sudbury at the time. And it um, says that in the entry. Yes, really? it does, so we know it was him. So what um, kinds of things are the fellows buying at the tavern? So there's lots of punch bought. Okay. Um, we have one where one of the brothers bought a dozen sleigh bells. Hmm. Um, people board their horses there. Um, they are buying butter and different meats, different vegetables, um, buttons. Interesting. Uh, yeah, we were really surprised of some yeah. of the stuff that, I mean, you, you assume that a tavern just has 
drink and food, yes. but they actually sell dry goods and, and other I, things. I, I know my tavern bill doesn't look anything. <laughs> yes, bills. I know. Yes, it, it's very... Um, it's, and, and he crosses out every time somebody pays him. Interesting. So, uh, there are lots of names So he's in putting there. down what they owe and then he crosses <laughs> Yes. And we recognize lots of names from oh, Watertown okay. in there. Mm -hmm. And there was also someone passing through Crane the paper maker, which oh, I really? assume is the Crane yeah, paper. That's right. the company that still yeah. makes that's paper. Right. They make the currency, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very well, interesting. Great. So I'm going through it and making notes. Great. And, oh, great. Yeah. Very good. Thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank the Historical Society of Watertown for this great tour of the Edmund Fowl House. And if you have a place in your neighborhood, your town, your community, you think we should showcase on Revolution Around the Corner, send an email to Jonathan Lane, J. Lane at revolution250.org. And I look forward to seeing you next time and seeing another piece of the Revolution Around the Corner.